This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. Once you've got a job, we're going to then move on to the next step, which is looking at the immigration piece. Because when the med tech comes to the United States, it's a different process to how it might work for a nurse. I know we do many shows about immigration for nurses, but a med tech has a very different process. So we're going to be bringing in Mike Hammond, who is an immigration lawyer, a friend to the show. We've worked together for many, many years. Um, And Mike is going to be joining us and uh, going to be speaking about the immigration pathways. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Hey, Hey, Tanya. How are you? Good. Nice to have you on the show. And thank you for joining us. Do you want to to give a brief introduction? I I know most people know who you are, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm an immigration attorney based in Cincinnati, Ohio, with offices throughout the country. Uh, I specialize in healthcare and IT. Uh, cases and uh, our office does about four or five thousand healthcare workers a year. So. so, so Mike and I have known each other for how long, Mike? Um, a very short period of time that can be measured in decades. <laughs> many, many, many years brought through many healthcare workers together, um, and Mike is truly an expert in immigration. So we're very. Um, honored and privileged to have him here to be able to share the immigration pathways for a med tech. So, Mike, do you want to share with everybody how, you know, what, what is the processes or the different ro- routes that a med tech can come into the United States? Uh, sure. So, the um, when I say the phrase most common, it's not necessarily the only one, but probably the most common people think of with med techs, which is very different from nurses is med techs are eligible for H-1 visas. The advantage of an H-1 visa over a um, uh, green card route is that it's simply faster. Um, H-1 visas can kind of be broken down into two kinds of categories, depending upon the type of hospital facility that you're gonna work at. There are those that are called cap exempt. Uh, Those are hospitals that are nonprofits affiliated with a university. And those uh, H-1s do not have to go through the lottery. Uh, which means that if you match with one of those hospitals and they want to hire you, that in six weeks you could be here in the U.S. working, uh, assuming you met all the qualifications that were already previously uh, outlined uh, um, uh, earlier. Uh, If the the standards are uh, you need the visa screen, which has already been talked about, Uh, you need the state license or at least be immediately eligible for the state license, uh, for the states that have a license, for the states that don't, simply the ASCP is, is, is uh, sufficient enough. Uh, the hospital does a filing with the Department of Labor that occurs fairly quickly. The hospital then does a filing with the Immigration Service, uh, which goes fairly quickly as well. Uh, and then um, you go to an interview at the consulate. And because you're an H-1 holder and a healthcare worker, uh, those interviews can occur fairly quickly. Right now, we're seeing interviews in the Philippines in about three weeks, sometimes even a little less than that. Uh, And in other parts of the world, we're seeing interviews within a week, 10 days. We're not seeing any H1 interviews anywhere in the world that are taking more than 30 days to get. 
So beginning to end, from the time that match is made, six weeks is not an unrealistic uh, uh, kind of time frame to look at for a med tech at a cap exempt facility. A second type of H1 is if you're matched with a facility that's not cap exempt. So they're not nonprofit. They're not affiliated with the university. They're a for-profit facility. They don't have affiliations. Those uh, H1 cases have to go through what's called the lottery. The lottery occurs once a year. It occurs in April. But you actually file cases during a window in February and March. The dates vary a little bit. So you kind of want to line those cases up in January. So this is kind of a perfect timing uh, to happen. Last year, we had almost 500,000 registrations for the lottery or submissions for the lottery. Of those almost 500,000, they chose 125,000 due to the fact there's only 85,000 H1s, but they're used some algorithms because there's obviously a lot of duplicate filings. People are filing for more than one uh, facility. Uh, those cases are then chosen on April 1st or the day before. And then there's a 90-day window in which the facility would file for you. And if you're approved, then you would go to the interview stage uh, and the interviews would occur. And then you can come in and start working on October 1st. The reason why October 1st is magic is because that's the government's new fiscal year. And the H-1 allotment is used on a fiscal year basis. So depending upon your timing of being matched, the lottery can occur, you could be working within, let's call it nine months. If you're identified in January, you get chosen in the lottery, you would be able to work uh, in uh, October. Uh, and obviously the time of the match. And as far as risks or uh, how often do those get denied and is it hard to get them approved and all those kinds of questions, the answer is there are really no risks. You know, the facility is hiring you as a med tech, they're gonna pay you the prevailing wage that's required by the government and you meet the qualifications, licensures, standards ahead of time, there's no risk. We don't go, well, this might get approved or it might not. It'll get approved. Uh, and they're, they're generally in this space, not a lot of issues that are raised. Um, so that kind of is a quick overview of the H-1B. Um, probably the next most common route international uh, med techs would use is what we would call like an EB-3 direct. Um, and generally speaking, so that is a green card. There are a couple advantages to you as an individual uh, in getting a green card through the EB-3 program directly in that one is if you have a spouse who wants to work, then your spouse comes in as a green card holder as well. So both of you get green cards uh, at the beginning. Whereas if you come in with an H-1, your spouse cannot initially work. Your spouse could work later, but they can't work initially. As far as the timing on the green card though, it's not like the nurse cases. Uh, uh, med techs have to go through what's called a labor market test uh, that requires a recruitment campaign uh, with the Department of Labor. And depending on the facility you're matched up with, um, if they already have a prevailing wage in place, that process could take seven to nine months. If they don't have a, a prevailing wage in place, that process could take 18 months just for the labor stage. Uh, and then you go through the immigration part with the I-140, and then you go through something else with the what's called the National Visa Center, and then you ultimately go for an interview. So you would be looking at a processing time of, I would say, best case scenario today with hospital who has a prevailing wage, 18 months, 
hospital doesn't have a prevailing wage, we're probably looking at two plus years. Now, some okay. people would go, well, why would you ever choose an EB3 route if it's going to take that long with the H1? And the reason is because not every hospital is cap exempt and um, you know, a nonprofit affiliated. And so a lot of hospitals that are not cap exempt will choose the EB3 green card route over the H1B lottery, or maybe they do both at the same time, simply because H1B lottery, your odds aren't very good of getting picked. So instead of trying every year and going, oh, I didn't get picked again this year, I'll try again next year. At some point, the hospital says, well, I just want to have a green card program. I'm going to put you in place for that. And even though it's slow, it's steady and we will get you there. And we're going to get you to this end point that we want. If we happen to get an H1 in the meantime picked in the lottery, well, great, good, we'll bring you in. But if not, we at least have this steady plan. So don't. I, I think it's a, it's a bad decision as a candidate to look at it and go, oh, that's going to take too long. Uh, so I don't want to do that route. I want to wait for uh, an H1B. I think that's probably a, a, a poor decision. So those are the two most common ways to bring people in. Thank you, Mike. That's a very clear, very um, important clarification of the different routes that are available for a med tech. Um, and obviously, there are pros and cons of each of those different processes. Ali, how did you come to the United States? What was the immigration process that you went through? Well, I came here with an employment-based uh, three visa or an EB3 visa or a green card uh, visa, as they would call it. Uh, I totally agree with what uh, they mentioned that it's a long process. Uh, for me personally, it took me around three years or so going for. It was really a test of patience at the time because um, for the EB3 visa, we have what we call as a retrogression of the visa bulletin. We're in the, um, the visa bulletin uh, actually goes back to its um, uh, older days and processes uh, visas that are the backlog and unfortunately i was one of those affected then after that i was also affected by the sudden closure of the u.s embassies because of the covid pandemic so there uh, i think the embassy closed eight months or so which caused uh, to an additional uh, backlog so it was really indeed a test of patience because for two years i was supposed to come here around 2020 but because of those circumstances that were unanticipated um, I, it took me an additional two years to process my EB3. So it was really um, a test of patience. And considering that within those, within those two years, there was no definite date as to when will I be coming here to the United States. So it was really a blind shot and was not really expecting anything. I was uh, already to the point of losing, um, you know, my, 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 um, enthusiasm because it, it it was really a long process so yeah but at the end of the day it was worth it i would say because i came here with a green card and uh yeah uh but i guess um just like what was mentioned earlier h1b and eb3 both will have their own pros and cons so it's depend uh it will now depend on your personal perspective on which route will you be taking 
Yeah. So you're so correct. I mean, a test of patience, that's an understatement because I'm sure there were many times there and I can see you nodding your head that you probably thought this is never going to happen. I'm never going to get to America. Um, Don, from an employer's perspective, so I know that Methodist Lebanon have gone through this process from an employer's perspective. Obviously, it's very frustrating as well because, you know, nobody wants to be waiting for three years for that med tech. I mean, Paul would be, you know, really frustrated um, if we were to say it's going to take three years for the medtech to arrive. Can you share with everybody what, what the experience has been like from your side and how it fits into what Mike has explained about the different routes? Well, for us, it's, it's been great. I mean, it's been a great partnership, first of all. You know, I think communication is the key um, to us. I think it's the key to you, too, uh, to anybody on the call. I mean, what you want to know is where am I at in the process and how's things going? And if there's any issues, you want to know that you have somebody you can go to a partner that can help you answer those questions. So some of those are, are process questions that Tanya and her team can help with from Kinetic. Some of those are immigration questions that Mike and his team can answer. And so what I feel like we have is a fantastic partnership and those partners are your partners. And so the good news is we all get the information we need to help us get comfortable with where we are in the process and when we're gonna uh, get to the United States and what's gonna happen when we get there. I think that's also where the partnership matters and, and where we come in as the employer. And we want to make sure that you're uh, when you get here, that you're taken care of and that those first 30 days, you have the financial resources you need until you can get started on your job and that you have help getting um, access to apartments and, and getting your Social Security cards and all the things that happen as, as you become an American just so you can get started working. We're going to help you get onboarded and make sure all those things are taken care of. So. Our team uh, becomes your team at that point, and we work together to get you started, get you working. And then Paul's team becomes, you know, when I think about the lab leaders and the laboratory um, team members, they become your family, right? And so it's, it's all those things. Uh, it's important for us to know how you're doing. We check in with you as you get here. We want to know how you're doing. Uh, Tanya's team checks with you to make sure you're doing okay after you get started. Uh, so if there's any issues or any questions, we can work on those things together and, yeah. and make sure that that you that you get started and 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 that you're you're really happy. Yeah, and that's what that's the goal. We want everybody to be really happy, like Ollie, who's now over that hump, that long torturous wait. Um, that Mike had, had, had explained of of of, of um, what medtechs need to go through if they're coming on the green card route. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. Alyssa, do you want to maybe share a little bit about the different states and, and the license aspect? Because I think... Um, I think it was Mike who maybe mentioned that, that some of the states um, require a license and some don't. That's right. So there are some states that require a license um, or have licensure requirements. Most do not require any additional examination. They require, there's a list, they require additional um, documentation or paperwork at, depending on the state, at different times. Um, in the process. So if I were to take Louisiana on the list here as an example, with Louisiana, there's a two-part 
um, process. So a med tech coming to the USA who has an employer in Louisiana, firstly needs to start the process with the Louisiana State Licensing Board um, and eventually get a letter that's known as a uh, deficiency statement. And that just shows that the person could and is eligible to work in Louisiana as a med tech if only they had the right to work in the state and if only they had a social security number. And that document then goes along with the H-1B filing and everything is fine and then it's picked up at the other end, a little more paperwork. Okay, so there are some states that require a license. So, Paul, can you share with us a little bit about the onboarding process when a med tech arrives in the United States? Um, what what would be the next steps? How how do you go about helping them adjust to life in the United States? Well, let me uh, just uh, correct something. Um, the state of Tennessee does not require a licensure. However, a Methodist Lebanon Healthcare does. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Uh, the state of Tennessee uh, does not require it unless you are a supervisor, but it still does provide the licensure for employers who actually prefer that. Uh, okay. And that's, that's just a little extra step for us to make sure we get the highest quality uh, med techs possible. Um, so uh, onboarding, uh, onboarding a new international tech um, in the past, what we've done is we pair them up with another tech um, a more senior tech, but uh, similar in age, um, uh, because I think a, a lot of the uh, difficulty in adjustment is uh, social adjustment. Um, one of the issues that I see or have seen in the past, uh, one of the larger issues is transportation. Uh, you, you would think that that would be a very small thing, but um, Many or most international techs um, don't have a driver's license when they get here. Um, it's just very difficult, particularly for hospitals that are more rural than uh, the larger ones, uh, to get around. Um, for example, our university hospital is in the middle of Memphis, and uh, there are apartments within walking distance. Uh, we have a hospital in northern Mississippi that uh, it is <laughs> very far from the nearest department uh, so that there's really no opportunity um, to get there through public transportation. Uh, you, would, you would have to Uber or otherwise taxi or, or, or have a buddy. And, and sometimes that's the key is to have that buddy to help you transition from um, the way that you you. you your daily life was prior to the the transition uh, to your new your new state. I mean, and honestly, um, the transition, the onboarding for um, the technical aspect is pretty straightforward. Uh, we we teach, we go through the different analyzers, we go through the different processes, um, uh, policies, and procedures. And we, we make sure there's checklists and we check everybody off to make sure they're competent. Um, and, and that's all fine and good. That's that's standard everywhere. But I think the key is to have those people uh, with the partnerships uh, that can help you through the day-to-day, -day, just simple questions. And, you know, I don't know how to do this. You know, that's that's very difficult. Um, that's, that's a big change for anyone. But coming from a new job or coming from to a new job from so far away. I mean, I think that's key. Okay, yeah, a lot of a lot to 
um, to manage when a med tech arrives in the United States. So it's not just the clinical aspect and learning a new job and a new system and new processes, but also um, just living in, in a new environment, which can be very stressful. Things like transportation, um, finding permanent housing, putting the kids in school, maybe a spouse finding a job if they're able to work. Ali, what was that like for you, the transition? And what advice would you give to a med tech arriving in the United States? Yeah, um, so um, before I came here to the United States, um, I already had a very good communication with the hospital that I will be working since 2019. So I never lost uh, communication with them. I always update them with uh, where I am in the process. And um, I also seek the help of our laboratory director, um, with respect to transportation, um, housing, if they can recommend um, nearby apartments and so on. And they were very helpful. Uh, though we did not yet have any physical contact, still they were very helpful and very understanding. And they were also very accommodating since the day that I arrived. So um, what's good is that when I arrived here in the United States, it seems like we already established that relationship, even though it was my first time meeting them face to face. And um, I would say for those who are planning to come here to the United States is to be in constant communication with the hospital that you uh, you will be assigned to, uh, be in constant communication with the director. Um, if you can ask their help, then that will be very great. Uh, also, be in constant communication with your future co-workers, for example, uh, ask if they have any Filipino community. Uh, unfortunately for me, I am the only Filipino here in our uh, laboratory. That's why um, uh, I did not ask the help of any other Filipino. So I was the first one. But um, And because of that experience, I am now helping future Filipino applicants Um in their migration here in the United States, especially here in um, our laboratory, I tell them what uh, an overview of what is to expect in our community. And so, yeah, it's all about helping uh, others who, you know, uh, because I, I've been there and I know the feeling. Yeah. And I love that you're paying it forward now, Ali, and helping so many people. Um, and I want to um, give Ali's group a plug. Ali has a book, a, a group, I think it's on Facebook, right, Ali? With how yeah. many thousands of, yeah. of med takes? <laughs> uh, uh, because of that, um, because of, you know, I want to help uh, the Filipino community, I uh, put up a small group with 7,000 members who are currently watching uh, our live show now. The name on Facebook is uh, Aspiring MedTech or MLS to the United States. So if ever they... Um, uh, want advice if they seek for help, uh, if they are uh, if they don't know what to expect or if they don't know the process, um, someone will help you in that community of medical technology. So that group has been established to you know help and empower medical technologists who are planning uh, a career here in the United States. So. Uh, and that is a collaborative effort. I do not uh, take all the credit. It's a collaborative effort for, you know, uh, medtechs who have been staying here, who have been living here, sharing their own pieces of advices to the newbies coming to the United States. So, uh, yeah, it's a collaborative effort. 
Oh, and I, and we, I love your big heart, Ali, and the fact that you have put that group together. Um, I think that speaks volumes about you as a person and being able to pay it forward and, and share and help uh, fellow medtechs as they come to the United States, because it is a challenge in the beginning. Um, at Kinetics, we have a circle of support. Um, these are a lot of different ways that we support the, the medtechs and any other healthcare workers when they come in. And on the circle of support, you can see it on our website, um, we are, we're just showing a graphic of it here. These are all the different resources that we provide to the nurses when they arrive. As Paul was saying, sometimes it's, it's um, you know, having, uh, getting a car and we have a lot of community resources of where you can get a car loan, how to buy a car or, or lease a car. We have the, the Kinetics Angel Network. These are, this is a mentorship program. We put you with buddies. We have a Kinetics Clubhouse where we, um, where we will help the healthcare workers of how to, um, how to build your credit. It, what, how to pay your taxes in the United States. So lots of different ways that we help support um, healthcare workers. Alyssa, um, do you want to very briefly just share with, with um, the medtechs around the world it, just what your best advice is for medtechs that are embarking on this journey? Yeah, I think my best advice is to be able, is for them to act intentionally and to really think about what their life might look like here in the USA um, professionally, um, if they reflect on what they've enjoyed to date about their careers and working in the lab, what they've learned, some of the interactions they've had, um, sort of thinking about some of the things that Don mentioned earlier. And really then, you know, every day is a school day where we can learn from that and then think about things going forward. And then translate that into perhaps the type of environment they would really like to work in. Perhaps there's somebody who would like to be part of a really big system and a very busy hospital setting, or perhaps they would like a smaller setting. Um, so, they, so they focus on themselves and what um, they would enjoy or think they would enjoy most. Um, so act intentionally. And this can take that's, some time to do. Um, yeah, that's and then, Go ahead. The, the other aspect of that is ensuring um, that you are as organised as possible with any files or documents and always give them an appropriate name so you know what is in, in that document. Um, oh, that's a great tip. Yeah, that, yeah so that's a great tip, Alyssa, because mm -hmm. I think being organized is really important, especially if you come on an H1, because, Mike, if you're going to be doing an EB3 green card, um, uh, adjustment of status green card after being in the United States for a while, um, it, it, being organized and having your documents is really important to be able to file that next step, right? Can you tell us just very, very briefly about that? Uh, sure. So if you come to the U.S. on an H-1 and you're wanting a green card and your employer wants to sponsor you for a green card, you would go through the EB-3 green card process. But instead of having the final stage at the consulate and an interview, you would have it done here in the U.S. under something called adjustment of status. And that is a stage that focuses specifically on you as an individual and your entire history. You uh, submit medical exams. They go through security clearances and a whole series of questions they ask you about your background and your family's background. Uh, and there's a lot of information, a lot of documents that they look for. And so I'd certainly echo that being organized and having all your documents ready can make that process a lot smoother. Um, and uh, the, the green card process through the adjustment that Tanya mentioned is 
part of while you're already working on the H1. So the timing is not quite as critical for people because you're already here, you're already living, you're already working. Your spouse is usually already working by that time too. But it is a process that you have to have to go through to ultimately get the green card. Okay, so Paul and Donna, um, if you want to maybe share your advice or, or, or pointers or tips for medtechs, let's start with you, Paul. Get along with people, number one. Um, uh, number two, show up. <laughs> uh, Good <I> advice. <laughs> Short and simple. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, really, uh, if you can get along with people and you can show up for work, uh, I, those are the two main ingredients to being a successful medtech because we can teach you anything. Uh, you're smart enough. You're certified. You've obviously shown that that you can you can learn. Um, what we need are people to to be part of the family and actually be present as a part of the family. Thank you, Paul. And Don, final word. <laughs> I love that. If you show up, showing up is half a success. And my mom always said, if you just get started, you're halfway there. So get started on this process uh, and you will be happy that you did it. And be willing to open yourself up, ask for help and accept help. That's the key thing. And when we say teamwork is important, but who gets in the way of teamwork? If I don't raise my hand, I let people know I need help. And if I don't accept help, then I'm the one getting in the way of teamwork. So be a great team player. And, and let us help you because uh, I've never accomplished anything in my entire life significant by myself. So we all need each other and, and we need you. So thank you for choosing uh, and considering coming to the United States. Well, Don, that is a perfect way to end the show. Get started and let's work together to get you to the United States. Thank you to Elissa, to Mike, Paul, Ali, and Don for uh, sharing your experience, your advice, your pointers, your tips about this process. It's not an easy journey. It can take a long time. We don't want it to take as long as poor Ali's journey did, but we are here to help uh, and to share information to help you to live your American dream. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and hit the follow button on your podcast player and leave us a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work here in the USA. We offer direct hire, meaning you will be sponsored and hired directly by American healthcare facilities. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more incredible conversations.